0: Hey everybody! Uh, welcome to Dead Cat. Uh, welcome. This is Eric Newcomer, uh, author of Newcomer. I'm here with Katie Benner, uh, New York Times reporter. We are on our own. Tom, I don't even know what Tom. I hopefully is relaxing somewhere. Katie, do you know where?
1: I don't even think. I don't think he wants. He didn't even want to tell us where he's <laughs> Un- going. Undisclosed
0: <laughs> location.
1: He can't trust us to leave him <laughs>
0: alone, so he had to run away. Yes. We are going to talk about Amazon this week. Uh, The company never makes a boring acquisition. We'd heard recently one medical at nearly $4 billion that they're trying to acquire. And then uh, the news of this week, which certainly took me by surprise, was the plan to acquire uh, the company that makes Roomba. I think it's iRobot for uh, $1.7 billion. And that comes on the heels of having bought PillPack for $750 750 million dollars in 2019 and of course sort of most famously Whole Foods they announced it back in 2017 for 13.4 billion so a company known for creative acquisitions
1: mm-hmm. they're in our business that's the thing they're like how do we get up there? It's like a proctologist <laughs> but the, also the price tags are huge and I think that speaks to a, a, a really long-term vision you know they're not afraid to pay a lot of money so if you are a founder, who has a company that is getting up close and personal with the consumer, start pitching yourselves to Amazon today because <laughs> you can get very rich down the road. But yeah, you're right. These are not boring acquisitions. And I think they really speak to Amazon's desire to be um, the most important company in our lives, whether consumers want that or not. I think Eric and I, we we differ on this, how much Amazon in there.
0: Comfort of Amazon, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. I think part of the reason... Amazon's acquisitions are the most interesting is because in some ways, you know, it's it's the least tech or it's tech-enabled. Yes, but, you yes, know, yes. it's like, okay, it makes sense for Amazon, unlike anyone else, to buy a grocery store. It makes sense for Amazon, unlike anybody else, to buy a doctor. Now, of course, Whole Foods use delivery, so it could be sort of tech-enabled. Similarly, One Medical is super reliant on telemedicine, so it's tech-enabled, you know, PillPack, similarly a sort of subscription type business so but but at the end of the day i think this sort of strategy is fun to talk and think about unlike you know a facebook just you know trying to gobble up every sort of adjacent business because it's like to keep like, us oh. on our phones you know, what What can Amazon make better in the world? Yeah, you know, like, yeah
1: you're right. I, I like this rubric because I think you're totally right. Other big tech companies, Facebook and Google, they're like, how can we get you to do more of the thing you're already doing? Staring at your phones and being away from people in real life and just right. staring at your phones, staring at your device, staring you at your VR on screen. Some level, right? <laughs> yeah. Staring at the VR screen. But right. whatever like Google, it
0: is. Google search originally solved a problem you had and sent you on your way. Now they have to do everything they can to keep you there. Whereas Amazon at least is like, no, we are going to try and use, you know, software and technology to get the things in the real world you want quickly.
1: Or, and, and just to do the thing that I think we had, would have these conversations back in 2014, 15, 16 with investors, where it was like so much of what happened, especially because of Facebook was look how cool the technology is. Look how cool the gizmo is or the app. But there was already a sense that technology should be kind of like a utility company. Like we don't turn on our faucet every day and go, "Ooh, <laughs> look at this! It just flows." But but it but it recedes into the background It is just so integral to our lives that we it, we don't even question that it's there. It's not putting itself in our face in the way that Facebook does. So or or Meta. But you're right. Amazon has been much more like, "How do we Amazon just become?" this company that people are using all the time, every day, in some aspect. Uh, but it's not really necessarily remarkable because it just seems like an important integral part of our life that we can't imagine living without.
0: Right. Well, it's it's like the grocery store. You just go to the nearest grocery store. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, I needed to buy goggles, you know, for swimming. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where do you just go to Amazon? And yeah, there isn't... I, in a way that I think partially Facebook constantly tweaking the service makes you very aware
1: yeah, it's hard for it to recede into the, the background.
0: Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't just sort of fade into like this is how it works. But you're anyway. You are troubled by we both use one medical, so we both, we both use, use one medical. medical, and I
1: love one medical. I feel
0: like I don't seize on it enough, uh, but the uh, I I love it. I think it's great. Are you Are you gonna unsubscribe?
1: So I am thinking about canceling my membership, <laughs> which is very difficult for me for a variety of reasons. First of all, one medical happens to have their office in the same exact building as my work office. So I don't think it could be a more convenient place to go. But I think that this is what makes Amazon a little bit different from a utility company, it kind of makes every tech company that becomes a big part of our lives different from you know, the power company or the water company. And that the, the trade-off for the consumer is that they're constantly giving up information about themselves. And you know for for me i've I've always been pretty comfortable with the idea of my shopping data being uh, given over to Amazon um or to Facebook or to Instagram if I buy something off of Instagram at three in the morning, which like I think we've all done. It's like, oh, <laughs> I can buy something stupid off of Instagram late at night, yeah, but I think that the idea of now Jeff Bezos also having my medical information for some reason that I can't really articulate that feels like a bridge too far. It's like, what did I say to you if I get monkeypox? Do I really want like suddenly in my Amazon shopping cart for like things to be suggested to ease the pain?
0: I mean, the beauty of, for one, medical documents are one area where the government has heavily regulated and that's had a lot of effect on the tech industry, so I do think it, it, it. Though it, it does make some innovation hard. It is certainly an area where regulation has been successful. I think to corral information. But yeah, it, right. the, the same company who knows you know what what you're eating now knows your health. I mean, my point of view on this is just like I feel like privacy is like lost. I I think so much of the privacy debate is what people realize at any given moment. It's easier to make the argument over the Roomba acquisition rather than one medical. I do understand that, like, maybe it makes sense to have some compartmentalization over health, but but there's just so much these companies know. I mean, Apple is amazing. I mean, you have the watch, the phone. I I, I don't know. It's just like how how much more data. Can they really? It's all out there. I don't, I don't know. I'm well, just, I don't know if it's the data, data or the
1: use of the data. And okay. I, 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 so for example, I think that there have been some really good stories about this issue of how um, our ambient data is used against us when we try to get a loan. So our credit scores and the companies that score us on, in terms of credit, they're buying a tremendous amount of data yeah. about our shopping habits and how we live to help determine whether or not we are credit risks. And you can kind of see how easily that could become extremely discriminatory. Um, You know, if you buy menthol cigarettes a lot, what does that say about you? You know, these sorts of like cultural stereotypes that go in, that are part of our daily lives and our purchases. Yeah. Um, If you buy, you know, I grew up in rural Vermont, you know, so if you buy certain purchases in rural Vermont, does that say that you are a person of wealth or a person without wealth? Like, you know, are you willing to... Drive to certain kinds of stores or not? You know, what does that say about you in terms of your, and, you know, in terms of how much money you have? And should you be sort of shadow punished for certain shopping choices in larger? arena's like your credit score, your ability to get a mortgage, your ability to apply for a credit card, your ability to car loan in ways that you just don't know. So I don't think it's a privacy question per se because you're right, the data is all out there. I think it's the fact that it's so opaque, the fact that the way the data is used against us is so opaque. And that's just with credit, which is a huge part of our lives. And that's why I get nervous when right. I think
0: about that extending to healthcare because you're
1: right, the 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 cats out of the bag in terms of the information, it's the use.
0: So it's out there, right? And this is my position, but I, I feel a little bit absurd saying it. But I do think there's an argument for big companies here. You know, it you can trust like Apple, you can trust Amazon. Those are companies with huge brands that bear a lot of risk if they misuse your data. I trust them much more. I mean, we talk about, you know, tracking, but but so much of what's troubling is when these strange companies we've never heard of use, cookies or whatever to track you. And you don't even have a relationship with them. Whereas at least Amazon feels like a brand. I mean,
1: Google is the broker of those third party tracking companies. I mean, so like that, that is to some degree, Google, a huge company with a big brand that has such a monopoly on our search that they don't actually, there is, there is no, uh, (laughs) there isn't a reputational risk. I listed Apple and Amazon.
0: I do think, I mean, Google has, is trying to like pull back some of the cookies. stuff. I do think we're moving into this era where the big companies want to have more sort of culpability and ownership for their data. Um, but yeah, definitely Google is a facilitator of a lot of people, sort of the wide, wild sort of early west of our data everywhere. But Amazon and Apple are very much like, yeah, we want to control our system. We own it. We behave certain ways. And then, you know, you you can sort of rely on us to use it. I mean, Apple is already so deep. I, I guess the argument here is mostly that you're depending on the brand of these big companies. I
1: mean, Apple has made, Apple has tried to make that guarantee, but Amazon's never tried to make that guarantee.
0: In terms of being trustworthy?
1: Yeah. In terms of like, we don't sell your data. I've never seen Amazon come out and say, we don't sell your data because it can't make that statement.
0: Well, yeah, because it helps sort of independent retailers sort of understand customers. Absolutely. To, you know, it's, it's a marketplace. So it needs to it needs informed sellers. And all tech companies have to give such data
1: over to law enforcement. So it's um, it, to some degree. And sometimes it's negotiated. Obviously, Apple has an enormous legal team that does nothing but field law enforcement requests for data, et cetera. But also at the end of the day, and again, I think I would be less worried about the one medical where it's worried. I don't know if worried is the right word. I'd feel less ambient, ambient, undefinable anxiety <laughs> over the one medical acquisition if Roe versus Wade had not happened just weeks before. Because again, there was all this stuff in the news like your period tracker could out you and you could you know tell your period tracker that you're not getting your period and people could assume you're pregnant and law enforcement could be on you. I think that that is not actually the sort of potential issue. The potential issue is that a company like Amazon or definitely Google can see your patterns of behavior Change in really extreme ways. And this is the sort of thing that I've talked to privacy experts about. They can see your behavior change. They can see your shopping cart change. They can see that you do not buy certain things you used to buy. They can see that you do buy things you used to buy. They can see your travel change because of your GPS, what you put into Google for maps. They can see that maybe you live in a state like Texas and suddenly maybe you're driving somewhere else that you've never driven before. That is a state that allows for abortions, et cetera. Right. And so I think it's that kind of information that no company is guaranteed it doesn't sell to law enforcement because they, it's not tested yet. No company has rules about it yet. And then to see one company acquire more and more and more information that's more deeply personal in a world where our personal choices are becoming more scrutinized um, by legislation That I find to be a really disconcerting combination and one where I'm like, to your point, I would love if some of these big companies started making more forthright statements about this in the way that they've said to their employees, if you need medical care, we'll pay for you to travel to, you know, whatever state you need to go to. I I would love and I would feel much more the way you do about these tech companies if they came out and made statements about data vis-a-vis this sort of growing issue. But
0: Isn't there a reality? I feel like part of what's underlying my view here is that these tech companies are much more democratic, as in democratic party. Certainly not democratic in their operation, but they are much more left-leaning than you can guarantee in sort of a typical American state. So if you're sort of if you if you it was between sort of relying on every state government or trusting you know a bunch of companies based in California and Washington. Yeah. The, the well, they're more... also
1: very deferential to law enforcement. I mean, they're left leaning, but they comply with every subpoena. I mean, right. they, just, they just do. Like,
0: <laughs> well, a lot is, of them, that, yeah, that is understandably <laughs> believe in law enforcement and see right. compliance with law enforcement as like a good thing that they're doing. So, Am- so what happens
1: right. if abortion is against the law? Because not Amazon, like, Amazon not has the doorbells, tricky, right? Too. not like morally ambiguous, but literally against the law. Just like think about all the other things that are against right. the law. Armed robbery is against the law. Abortion is against the law. So in a world where that's against the law, these companies are going to comply with the law.
0: We need them to have a just law theory here. Well, uh,
1: but you know know what I mean? So that's why I I think that there's a bigger question. I'm not saying that Amazon needs to come out and say, we're going to tell the state of Texas to fuck itself if it asks for certain kind of data, but I think they need to be really transparent about how and when data about our behavior is shared with not only third parties, you know, but government entities, agencies, et cetera, because I think nobody really knows, which creates, for me, personal discomfort, but then also creates all these ambiguities about whether or not we, for example, cancel our one medical memberships now, you know? So (laughs) like, I would make a more informed choice if I actually understood what was happening um, versus just thinking like, oh, this feels like really effed up. And I would really just like to go back to, like, you know, right. doc, doc, Dr. Smith and oh, yeah? his two-person office in Maryland.
0: I mean, Amazon already owns these ring doorbells, right, which are often witnesses to a crime. So just that that is – there's been lots of reporting. So that is a very key area. So, yeah, definitely, I mean, this sort of – yeah, this question of what cases I, – I guess I always had the impression that Amazon – and the tech companies were just much more compliant on, like, a murder investigation than they are on sort of – like, are they really cooperating with, like, low-level crime investigations?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's they work within the letter of the law. They're not like – they're not saying, like, we felt like this wasn't a big deal, so we're not going to comply with this well, if it's subpoena. subpoena. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Well, there's a different. They also comply with – they also provide stuff when they're not subpoenaed, right? I mean, so there, there are two categories there. There's sort of – yeah, obviously – if they're creating I think one point you're saying is they should not create data that uh would be dangerous if subpoenaable, and how much confidence do we have that they're avoiding creating data well that they could be they're subpoenaed. not we're
1: we're creating the data they're just collecting right. it
0: but but they don't have to like keep my it.
1: whether or not I'm buying tampons for four months is I'm the data creator
0: well but
1: And they are the data storer and haver, right?
0: Right. But those are related. I mean, so a quick funny story. I forget if I've told it on this podcast or to you before. But, you know, I had an Amazon Alexa at my apartment in San Francisco. And one day uh, my girlfriend came over and she's like, oh, man, like I hate these Alexas. They're always listening to you, and you know. Then we went on with our conversation, and later for Bloomberg, we ne- we never turned this into a story. But later for Bloomberg, I asked Amazon for all my data, which any user is allowed to do. And so I was listening through my Alexa voice recordings, and of course, because my girlfriend had said Alexa, I could hear absolutely very clearly her voice talking about how she hates how they are always listening to you. And, you know, the amazing thing about it is that it starts recording. Oh. It, it has a recording even before you say the Alexa, because I don't I don't quite understand the technology. But, you know, it's sort of – it's always sort of listening, but then it only records when it he hears it, and then it records, you know, maybe five seconds before and then sort of, you know, ten seconds after or whatever. I'm making those numbers up. But, okay, so that's all to say, yes, on the one hand – Amazon, it's creepy, it's listening exactly like you think. On the other hand, there is this sort of dichotomy between yes, we're listening and yes, we're processing it, but there's a but if they don't store everything else, therefore the government can't have it, right? Tom, it's funny that we're talking about this without Tom because Tom, I think, was like the first person to talk about an Alexa being used in a murder investigation. And there, it was very important that you know it was those stray snippets. It was like, okay, yeah. they're not always listening. We don't have that. There's nothing for you for law enforcement to get. But sometimes we do catch stray snippets and maybe that, you know, would be useful to law enforcement. So my point again is just no, even if they see all this data flow through, what they actually save for their own use would then have implications for what is subpoenaable. And what
1: people say for their own use, for commercial use, is often extremely valuable, right? So, for example, I remember the NYPD's counterterrorism unit, which is huge and, you know, extremely sophisticated. One of the things they can do is they can obtain any sales receipt from like any store in Manhattan because they're trying to create a profile of somebody's shopping habits, which stores obviously keep for a good commercial reason. But that if you are an investigator trying to figure out somebody's paper trail and what they're interested in and, you know, the objects they're acquiring... That could be used nefariously. That's that's also very, that's you know that's also very valuable. So you actually see the um, what's valuable for commerce and what's valuable for law enforcement to be the same.
0: Well, you know, (laughs) the panopticon. They want everything. Uh, Nobody says no. I mean that. I I do think
1: Foucault. (laughs) Have we we discussed Foucault on the show yet?
0: (laughs) I do think the realization at the end of the day to pick up. You know, our sort of last argument is that it requires sort of principle-based legislation. Like the comp- any company, whether it's big or small, is going to try and get as much data as you want. So whether it's Amazon running One Medical or a private small One Medical, the data problems you're concerned with are the same. So it's more is the centralization within Amazon like a problem specifically or not. I'm saying no, I don't think so. And that whatever problems you
1: have Amazon, or because you actually know what their data policies are.
0: Yeah, more. Than I don't. Trust, I don't know their data right. policies. Right. We don't. Neither of us do. Uh, and and we didn't know for one medical either. And I do think I trust Amazon more than a but company when, I barely know medical anything medical was
1: exclusively regulated by HIPAA. I mean, not exclusively is not the right word. But one one medical as a business and its a, its entire business was regulated by you know federal rules governing patient data. All of Amazon is not regulated by government rules around data.
0: I don't think of one medical as being totally unimpeachable. I mean, they had some scrutiny around getting patients uh, vaccines for uh, the COVID. I think when they, you know, yeah, I mean, but were
1: they try preferential treatment for their right. customers? Yes, it's, but that wasn't that wasn't like a private. That wasn't a that wasn't no, a oh wasn't. my god, they've sold my medical information or they're using my medical information you know, to make a little extra money on the side by making sure that, you know, I get the right suggested coupons from Whole Foods. And you could say like getting the right suggested coupons from Whole Foods is not in and of itself an evil thing. And I get that. But I just am like, is that how I want my medical information used? Like my disastrous bout of food poisoning? (laughs) Like, do I want that to end with with Whole Foods sending me a a lot of coupons for electrolyte fluid? i kind I kind of know no that was private
0: so. I think right now it's amazing how much the medical system they don't want to hear from us, like even one medical like i I feel like there's not a lot of nudging you to, to begging you to engage with them, right
1: which i which i yeah, I feel like I go to the doctor when something's wrong, not to hang
0: well, I mean, it's sort of like <laughs> you you look sick, you're ordering these things like we. You could for fifteen minutes talk to blah 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 about what the right thing, you know, like. Well, turn that on its head. What if it was like, we've noticed that you're eating a lot of
1: junk food and drinking a lot, and that you have buying a lot of booze. Right. So, we Would you like to talk to somebody at one medical about your potential burgeoning alcoholism? I'd be like, fuck
0: yourself. No, I think I would be not nice. want that. Oh, I you would want cr- that? It's crazy. We live in a society that's so apathetic to that. Yeah. I no, mean,
1: but you, you would really want somebody. Telling you when they think that your choices are bad that way, and
0: some not not in like some heavy-handed way, but in a you know, but in a, in a light we're making you a doctor's appointment way <laughs> nudges
1: are power nudge yeah like yeah I don't want to I don't want to be nudged that way because I think we that, haven't
0: seen you book a dentist appointment in X months like would you like a dentist my
1: dentist sends me that
0: it's just funny I would that, not
1: want Whole Foods <laughs> sending me that my dentist sends me that that's part of my dentist's job. But I mean, that is true. Like, you're comfortable. So if I ate really poorly for two months and drank a lot, for example, because I was under a tremendous amount of stress, because there was some horrifying breaking story, I personally would not want an update from my doctor's office saying, we know what you're doing. (laughs) We think that it might not be great. Because I'd be like, you know what? It is what I'm fucking doing. And I think it's fine. But what if the
0: message is... We care about you. Let us know if we can help, you know, like, I don't know. Is that,
1: I mean, I personally wouldn't want that. If somebody was, if, if I get a note saying, we noticed that you bought a pack of cigarettes and you haven't done that in several months. So we really want, first, we're going to put it in your medical record, which by the way, will impact your insurance costs.
0: <laughs> well, that, yeah. But,
1: oh, keep in mind, all of this impacts your insurance costs, Eric. It's not just a nudge. It's like, we've nudged you about your drinking and your insurance cost is going to go up because obviously, how can it not? But we just wanted to send you a little tap letting you know that we saw that you purchased a pack of cigarettes. Or we didn't even know you purchased a pack of cigarettes, but we noticed that you bought a bunch of lighters. (laughs) And we're wondering why would anybody do that? If it is cigarettes, don't smoke. And also, it's a little piece of ambient data we're going to send over to the insurance company. We noticed you've been buying a lot of beer lately, Eric, from Whole Foods. Very expensive, good quality beer. But... uh, it just makes us wonder about your overall health. We also know your—we <laughs> know your body mass index. We know your overall eating habits. We know your heart rate, your blood pressure,
0: uh, and your cholesterol level. Do you, do you? You don't have an Apple Watch, right? Fuck no! I don't I even mean, have
1: one of those Alexa things. Like an, an
0: Apple Watch, literally, it's telling me to stand up right now. I feel like if you had an Apple Watch, you would understand the level of uh, micromanagement from tech companies' interest. In you health. become
1: comfortable with
0: i'm already exposed to you know first of all i'm tracking calories in one app you know i'm apple literally has a score to be clear apple has a score of how healthy i am it's like vo2 max
1: and that's apple's internal score but if that was connected to your doctor's office and it impacted your insurance rates would you that bother you and they were like, I don't know, you have to pay more insurance because you live like a fucking unhealthy lifestyle. I, I, just,
0: I just don't think that's like a really a privacy question. To me, that's more like well, that's, I a don't policy think any of, this question. Is, none of
1: this is privacy. This is all use of data. The data to your point is out there. So, would it, but would that bother you if you were like, well, because when I was in my 30s, I ate a lot of pizza and drank a lot of beer, I pay a little bit more money because based on my personal health index, body mass index, um, how much I move, And, you know, what I do for work, they've decided that my chances of a heart condition are X percentage more than somebody who didn't do those things. So is it just fair that you, Eric Newcomer, should have to pay more money in health insurance?
0: I just think these questions are more about what factors health insurance policies should be able to include in sort of creating plans. Obviously, in the abstract... If I were just like, okay, we should have a national health care plan, would you still be worried about these concerns? I think you would. Well, I, just I don't, don't think, I don't think I, we're
1: going to have a national health care but, plan. But, <laughs> but also, like, what if it's just like, as a one medical member, you, Eric, we're going to charge you more money for your membership because you're an unhealthier person than the person who has all of your same... But they're
0: not doing that. I, I feel like people are very worried Good. about that. I, I but don't do you think that. do you think
1: they never will? Or do you think that your price for something on Amazon won't be 20 cents different from my price because I'm healthier than you are or less healthy than you are? Because 20 cents adds up, as we know. Like, that's the whole point of these volume businesses. Definitely
0: price discrimination, both in... Is happening. Yeah, is happening. But Amazon right now, like, if you were buying a cup, you know, red cups might cost more than blue and they might nudge you more to the blue one, if you, they think you're cheap or the red one, if they think you're expensive. So certainly there, there are games going on about price discrimination in the sort of more neutral way of just colors uh, that are happening already. And that certainly validates questions about price discrimination on other categories. At the same time, I think the fact that Amazon isn't really that they're going to set the red cup price the same for both of us, but they're just going to nudge us in different ways. Reflects how much paranoia. People have very negative, justifiably intuition. Should we
1: look up an item and see if it's the same price for both of us?
0: Sure. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm so
1: curious. I'm like wondering. I don't even know what object would we even both buy? Like, I can't even think of an object that we would both buy. This is like so proven out by our <laughs> when we talked about what is in our TikTok feeds, I put vitamins into my search, okay. and the first thing that comes up is actually Optimen, <laughs> Optimum Nutrition for men is really? the first vitamin. You search that- just vitamins. I, I just see, searched
0: vitamins. I see an ad for fruits and veggies, hundred percent natural food supplement. Okay,
1: that's also my first ad for for um, forty seven fifty seven.
0: Oh, I don't see the the pre- did you click on it or
1: no I didn't click on it it just says best seller simply fruit simply veggies 90 capsules 47 57
0: why my first what? result is amazon brand solomo adult multivitamin 150 count pack of two 1680 1663 then wow, centrum for men bestseller smarty pants kids do you see that
1: yeah I see I see smarty pants
0: how much Kids formula? No, women
1: over fifty. Dang! <laughs> wow, I feel I feel so hurt right now. <laughs> um, I mean, they have figured out that I'm not going to be having children. Um,
0: <laughs> Do you see Centrum for men? Centrum men is my second result.
1: Yeah, I have Centrum for women.
0: Yeah, well,
1: okay, but how how much is your Centrum for men? I'm so curious. Twenty
0: one think- seventy seven. 250 count pack of 1 2177.
1: Yes. 1722.
0: What? You have a different price?
1: No, no, that's a different that's a different. This is Centrum Adults. 2740. A Centrum for Men Gummies 1496 and then Centrum for Men supplement with vitamin D3 2177.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I do think the key strategy is just Having unlimited numbers of very similar products, <laughs> yes. but my point on the whole thing is <laughs> that on some level they know that people hate the idea of raw price discrimination, and so they're 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 gaming it. And maybe I should be less trustworthy of Amazon that they're willing to like abuse. They're pushing our intuitions to like the extremes.
1: And I'm willing to admit that I am that I feel paranoid about this, like. That I'm not comfortable. There's just like a deep discomfort that I feel where I'm like, I just don't know if I want Amazon knowing this much about me only because I have no idea how the data will be used in the future. And these are multi, well, with the exception of the prescription company, they're multi-billion dollar acquisitions, which says to me how they use the company in 2022 is going to be really different from how they use the company in 2032. Right. You don't, you don't spend like $4 billion to be like, We kind of like it like it is.
0: (laughs) Right. It's cool. I just think America has one of the most or probably most inefficient healthcare market in the world. I mean, it would be I'm like I would love to see. Uh, Which is why we're one medical
1: members. We're willing to pay $150 a year or whatever to like get rid of some of that like horrifying complexity.
0: But I'd love to see Apple and Amazon continue to tackle the problem. I mean, the market is so large. That's clearly why they're going after it. It makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, wouldn't you want the best companies in the world tackling the hardest problems in the world? Companies of large scale that require sort of a lot of know-how, infrastructure, policy teams. You know, it just – it's like – See, I
1: don't know that I think of Apple and Amazon as the best companies in the world. And and that's just because I interrogate what I think of as the best, right? Like, if I'm, like, with the companies that make the most money most efficiently, like –
0: Well, Amazon – uh, I don't know but uh you
1: know or am I thinking like the companies that treat their employees the best is that what i think is the best company in the world is it just sheer market cap is that the best company in I the feel world like, like i don't have a, com- i don't have a definition right, for that it's
0: some you know delivering the best products and services to their customers at a massive scale right I, i'm sure you could find some business that's much smaller than those companies that at some tiny scale has much higher customer satisfaction. But I think at the scale these companies are operating, the customer satisfaction is extremely high. I mean, there's some of the most popular institutions in America. I haven't looked at one of the polls lately. I mean, when I
1: think about like factory farming, their customer satisfaction rating, if ever they ever had one, would probably be pretty high. Like people like being able to go into a store and get like the same loaf of bread from the same company consistently every week and have it taste exactly the same but if you think about what factory farming has actually done to help has done to the environment has done to workers has done to you know, you wonder, you do wonder if like customer satisfaction is the only Listen, metric.
0: Newcomer subscribers are making it possible that I buy, I buy $8 a dozen eggs. So I am, I am not buying factory farmed eggs. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. That's customer satisfaction. And I think it's super relevant. Is that relevant the only, to, because
1: what it, about worker satisfaction? Well, yeah, like, well that, that's I'm like, you know, if you're the, if you are the migrant labor making your $8 eggs possible, is are you are they are those people as satisfied as Eric Newcomer is or as Katie well, Benner is, okay. and like, should well,
0: it matter? <laughs> I, I for one, I think people who want uh, government health care also want uh, those healthcare workers' uh, salaries to probably go down. But that's so. I, I it's not clear to me that govern that uh, sort of the more socialized version would be pro worker in the case of healthcare. Putting that aside, and
1: I'm not and I even saying I'm just yeah. saying that like I don't know that I would call. Amazon out of hand, the best company in the world. If, if I guess if the only metric you're using is customer satisfaction, sort of I can end, totally, right. I can see that. Like, just like if you only metric you're using is customer satisfaction, I could see how somebody would be like, factory farming is the best thing that's ever happened. But I, I, That's why I'm like, is there something beyond customer satisfaction? Yeah. And I
0: think it's a great metaphor because it's one where, I mean, factory farming, the customer wants no sense of how the product is made, maybe has an inkling made inkling that they wouldn't be happy if they understood. Yeah, and they wouldn't be happy if they <laughs> actually drove by a rendering right. plant. Like if they actually drove by a
1: slaughterhouse slash beef rendering plant, first of all, they'd be unhappy about the smell, right. if nothing else. But then if they actually got to see inside, I think they'd be
0: bummed. And then, uh, you know, if they found out that some Amazon engineer with access to, you know, customer records has like a pretty detailed profile on you, you know, they might be uncomfortable, but that—that's why these privacy intuitions are insane. I mean, it's—it's it's why we uh, basically what some states like basically impossible ma- to make to like do exposés on factory farms. The government doesn't even want you to know. Um, I, you know, I—I I think there's. I always laugh when people hate sort of the Amazon Echo, the Alexa, because it's very visible that it's tracking you. Meanwhile, literally, like everybody has a smartphone at this point. Where. They could be listening. They have a microphone. You know, it. They're, they're both things that are cued based on some input, whether it's like voice oh, yes. or a trigger. So I do think like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we both agree that sort of everybody, including ourselves, has not always like the most coherent sort of reaction. Yeah, so, and I, right. I don't
1: think that like privacy is my big concern you know, I don't think, I don't think if somebody said, what are you worried about? I don't think privacy is the word I would use. I think it's much more akin to factory farming where it's like, I just don't really know how the sausage is made. Like, and that makes me very uncomfortable.
0: Like it makes So me- the answer is having smaller companies solve these problems.
1: Well, in the farming example, that is, that's why your eggs are $8. I mean, at the end of the day, but I'm, I'm not saying these things are one-to-one. I'm just saying that you asked that question. Yeah. So like. You know that is one answer, but I actually think that the the a different answer could be regulation. Problematically, we have a completely dysfunctional Congress, and they couldn't they can't really regulate much right, right. now because their main job is to create sound bites for you know increasingly vitriolic campaigns, campaign ads. <laughs> they, they, so they are
0: influencers. Uh, though though we're passing a lot a lot of legislation is getting passed right now, but this is a big this is a big. That's
1: a that's a big that's a different yeah. like. You know, they can't pass voting right? right? Like yeah, they can't do shit. Like I think basically, I think of members of right. Congress as like influencers, and they are the product they're selling is they're selling is themselves. and then and then they get together and hold right. legislative sessions where they create sound bites for their influence campaigns. and they don't do shit. And so if that's the case, then it does feel to me, and I think this is one of the reasons why the country has become more invested in the personalities of the CEOs. Because then it feels like, well, if Cory Booker and Tom Cotton can't get their shit together and do something together, which doesn't seem like they ever will, or pick your pair of like Republican Democrat matchup. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, if they can't do anything, then it really is up to the CEOs to think about morals and ethics. And that's why I think we've seen this like obsession with the morals or this, you know, whatever we can glean about. The moral codes of different executives. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Tim Cook has been so smart to kind of lean into whether or not it's real to really lean into th- the idea that he, Tim Cook, personally has strongly held views on the environment and on privacy, which is why you can feel comfortable right. using an Apple device because Tim Cook doesn't want your privacy fucked up. And I, I'm going to buy it. Like, here I am. I'm buying it. I'm I'm all in, right? But I I, I think it's good. I kind of want
0: because the things the company does line up with it. Well, I
1: I I kind of want Jeff Bezos to come out and say the same thing, and then I won't cancel my one medical membership.
0: Well, Jeff Bezos is you know he's the chair now, but I do I think Jeff Bezos has been
1: or whoever it is. You're right. It's Andy Jassy. So I want I want is Andy?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So apology. But if so, okay. So now it's Jassy, and so I want him to come out and make a big statement that's like. We know we just acquired one medical. It's so exciting. I love
0: abortion. Sorry, I shouldn't say (laughs) that. (laughs) Never too old. But,
1: like, yeah. um, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just some statement that's like, and this is how we will treat the data. This is how we're going to treat the doctors, which is is going to treat patient records, how it's going to integrate uh, at the data level with everything else Amazon does, including AWS and all of the things we sell, pill pack, um, you know, Whole Foods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I, that, that would make me feel better because right. I need that in the absence of faith that any politician in this country, the, you know, 600 plus of them sitting in D.C. not doing very much will ever address this issue in a rational, or rational is not really the word, will ever address this issue full stop.
0: I mean, first of all, <laughs> A lot of things to respond to there. First, I 100% agree that Apple does a far better job than Amazon of personalizing their values. And it makes their values far more believable when you're like, okay, the CEO themselves talks about these values all the time. They're not embarrassed to have them. And they've made business decisions that actually kind of hurt the business
1: to stand up for them.
0: I mean, well, it, I mean, I guess you can debate because it also hurts every other businesses. every advertising in the world. thinks Facebook, Apple, so. Apple, had, yeah, no, the, the privacy thing is somehow Apple gets to track you all the way, and nobody else does. So I don't, I don't think it, most competitors would not agree with you. But anyway, I agree, Tim Cook's <laughs> but principles. But they're like we, of, we're right.
1: we're aggressively tracking, but they're like we, we
0: we do it, yeah, not other people. Apple, right. Apple's
1: saying we aggressively track, but they're also saying, and this is how we right. use the data, and this is what we don't do with it. And right. I just want that from everyone. Right. I would like to know.
0: Whereas. I mean, Bezos, I mean, his reputation was always experimenting and we're, you know, ghost, you know, not exactly what you would want sort of when you think about a medical company. On the flip side of all this, I do think it's somewhat insane, the level that the average person, smart friends of mine, people read the news – Basically, their whole assessment of Facebook is just like not liking Mark Zuckerberg. I do think it can get too extreme (laughs) where it's just reduced to it. It's just like, yeah, I don't. Well, that's because it's in the the absence of literally (laughs) anything else. There's no legislation, there's no regulation.
1: So it's just like everything about the company. It gets boiled down to whether you're like the CEO because right. there's no rational legislative framework. There's, right. n- there's not even right. an irrational legislative right. framework. There's literally going to be fuck all for the rest of our lives because Congress is so messed up. Right. And, so and that's to why go out it's of, like, well, I guess it's just about whether or not we think Mark Zuckerberg right. is evil. And,
0: and to go out of my way to criticize myself aligned with what you were saying, I would say some of what I say is too similar, I think, to the Facebook – sort of policy messaging line, which is like Facebook's like, please regulate us. You know, we love it. Yeah, like, and it's easy to say when you it. know it's never right, going to exactly. happen. So, I mean, there is like, you know, I can sit here and say like, oh, man, the government should be smart and, you know, regulate well. But if they're never going to do it, then it does sort of fall back, you know, it falls back on other companies. But 100%. But, 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 but I do think we should hold the companies to moral standards. I totally believe that, and they should vol I believe we should expect them to voluntarily do sort of good things, but at the but but still i I just don't think to go back to my original point, having sort of standalone one medical operating on its own doesn't give me that much more assurance than Amazon running it and there are reasons why. I think Amazon you know, could give me that assurance. It just doesn't really feel like it's worth it, which also bums me out. Do you think Amazon will give
1: free one medical memberships to all of the people who work in its um, warehouses who have terrible, terrible medical problems? Oh, because oh, First of all,
0: Amazon, <laughs> Amazon <laughs> raised minimum wage ahead of everyone else, gets very little credit for that. Amazon, like has for the scale of labor it's doing, is better than many companies. The second thing I would say is... This isn't quite on the labor issue you brought up, but you you sort of touched on this earlier. I do, like a funny thing with the egg example that we've been using, like part of the reason my $8 eggs are possible, right, is it's a small producer for the elite. Similarly, like Amazon takes Whole Foods and sort of reduces some of the things people like about it to make it more accessible to more people. And presumably with One Medical, similarly, they will broaden it, make it available to more people and make sort of whatever the elite thing we like about it, less, less salient. And so I do think there's often sort of ignored trade-off that sure, maybe these things are less like great and pure and awesome and environmental, whatever whatever moral sort of, Valience they're like scoring highly on when they're, but they're only serving a tiny set of people. Then Amazon. Well, I, mean, I, think, well, I
1: think with, with One Medical
0: them. is that they're leaning into telemedicine. And I think that's
1: the thing that One Medical has done yeah. that will be scalable, which I don't think is actually the elite experience. Right. It's
0: not as, I mean, but it,
1: but it's, but they, they've been uniquely good at telemedicine right. because and, it was kind of built into the product from day one. Whereas most like medical offices in around the country, you know, it's like four to 20 doctors in a practice who did not build telehealth into their right. practice from day one when they set it up in like 1983 or whatever.
0: And they've also built a bunch of offices in New York City and San Francisco. So, oh, yeah. That's that are not kind necessarily of, and scalable. they're almost like more marketing hubs right, right. At, at the
1: end of the day. It's more like it, it's, 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 it feels very much like a telehealth play, which is wonderful because, you know, I, if you're, In rural New England, for example, when something happens, I like that I can call One Medical. Of course, here I just had to go to the ER. So, (laughs) (laughs) One Medical could only do so much. They're like, get your ass
0: to an ER. Uh... but terrible that's... pesto uh, everybody be careful this is a public service announcement pesto just can take, go bad
1: Take expiration dates really seriously
0: with your food whether you
1: purchase it, for, purchase it from whole foods or anywhere else just really
0: take it very don't very seriously. leave it out in the hot sun for don't. hours
1: <laughs> um, but i i did want it before we wrap up i wanted to segue into the uh Post that you sent me about Uber hitting its Amazon moment, I love that everybody wants to say, like Amazon, we made no money, but like Amazon, we're going to be huge, when Amazon actually started making money after like five years.
0: Right. This is Alison Griswold in her newsletter. I just want to, as a fellow sub make sure.
1: <laughs> I like her yes. newsletter. Yeah.
0: So Alison Griswold, uh, who writes oversharing and was a longtime fellow sort of Uber beat reporter... Yeah, headline, Uber enters its Amazon era.
1: I thought it was interesting that one of the things that they attributed this quarter's losses to was that the value of the startups they're invested in went to shit, which was like, it's the kind of tiny detail that as a tech reporter, especially if you're covering startups, just sets off all sorts of alarms. Like (laughs) Uber is saying that they didn't, that they did really poorly this quarter in part because it's invested in many startups and those startups valuations are sucking wind. I mean, that really speaks to the post that you were writing, Eric, about what's going on in the secondary market, where it's like we might see these companies doing well, quote unquote, in their last round, but the secondary market has discounted them, you know, twenty to sixty percent. That right. was like, anyway, continue, continue.
0: Well, I mean, I distilling the argument, I don't. Re- I, I think her point is just that like a key piece of what makes Amazon Amazon is prime which is totally right and that uber is pushing in and seeing growth in its subscription plan uber one i mean
1: how big is the market for uber one because like i mean i presume you take uber a lot i feel like the market for prime is ginormous right Right. it it appeals to a huge like appeals to a broad number of constituents so my parents who live in rural New England love Prime because they can get stuff that they could not get in the town they live in. And that's and and that's what it is. If you live in New York City, you can get literally anything you want, but you don't then you have to schlep it all home. So it appeals to somebody who's in an urban area who doesn't want to bring a bunch of stuff home on the subway. I mean, you can't think of two more different consumers than those two groups. Right. And yet the appeal is really it's it's very present in the value proposition, makes total sense. Does Uber have like a similarly like, this person would like it for this reason, this person likes it for that reason, and so it's going to appeal to a broad swath of the American
0: public? I think Uber is a much more urban business. But I think the bigger issue for Uber is that delivering rides remains a fairly low-margin business. The drivers get most of it. They've basically had to drive up fares, which lowers the amount of people that are willing to take Uber. And, you know, it's just... I mean, Allison sort of touches on this, you know, what is cloud? What is the equivalent of Amazon, you know, uh, what is it? Is it web? It's A- not web. A- AWS. AWS, sorry. What is the equivalent of AWS for Uber, right? I mean, it's just not going to snap its fingers and, and invent that. And AWS is key uh, to what makes Amazon, Amazon. So...
1: hmm hmm and if Uber was going to be a hub for all these different transportation startups and transportation ideas, the problem with that is that it's a it's a it's a long term investment, and so you get very very choppy earnings. For example, <laughs> as the mark markups and markdowns come.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm worried. I mean, Hubert Horan Horan, who's been writing for like I I forget it, not. Uh, he's you know he's been writing critically about Uber forever and continues to say, you know, it's like a scam and loses money. I I worry that both like the Uber is Amazon and the sort of Hubert Horan's of the world who are like, this is things going to collapse are both going to be like sadly disappointed. It's like, what if Uber is just a mediocre, boring, low margin tech company worth between Five and seventy billion dollars, you know, for a long. Compact computers. (laughs) It took forever for that thing to die. Mm -hmm. Right, and it doesn't even need to die. I mean, it's just like, like Dell. We had a meal (laughs) on the podcast saying, you know, there are other companies offering drivers a bigger share. You know, it just it it seems like ride sharing, you know, is a very valuable service that's going to continue to exist. But I don't know that Uber is so differentiated that it's just like
1: at that point, it's all just marketing and branding. Right. And and you know when I do my crossword puzzle every day, I will say that Uber is a clue a lot more than Lyft. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> they don't they don't need a weird lot. I would think a Y in the middle of a word could be useful. You would think oh. you
1: would think, but apparently the letter B is also very useful. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, so then it's just a marketing and branding question. In fact, like they, there is a brand Uber is a brand people know of it. But yeah, otherwise there's not really much of a barrier. I don't know. I just, I, I don't, I read it. I mean, I like Allison's work. And I just thought to myself, like, what if the flywheel never moves fast enough to make Uber profitable and certainly by no means as profitable as Amazon? Like, right. is that tragedy? Why, why do we want either outcome so badly? Maybe it goes again back to the CEO.
0: I just think at this point, it's pretty safe to say Uber makes money in particular cities. Like I feel like the the theory that Uber is just gonna like totally go away seems insane to me. I think it's much more just, you know, they might have to charge a lot, which means it's only a product for for the elites, which means the total addressable market is small, which means the market cap is small, you know. But I, I don't I don't think it's Amazon. I mean, no,
1: and I think that that's fine. Like there are a lot of tech companies (laughs) that are not going to be as big as Amazon.
0: Well, it's a terrible, terrible for the morality play that is Uber. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a huge zeitgeisty story that we were all invested in. And honestly, as somebody who covers it, you know, I would, I want a high absolute value. You know, I want like, (laughs) I want it to be huge or I want it to be nothing. The the sort of boring middle ground is, is, what? Isn't that anyone who tells stories, you want an outcome. You know what I mean? You don't want like this I mean, yes and no.
1: Again, like maybe I've just been so beaten down by Washington. It's like, if you write like a policy story, you know, you're just kind of like, eh, I don't don't, don't think people are like, I don't think it's as outcome oriented when you're writing a policy story about, you know, the proposed, you know, Trump administration budget and what's happening with overall FBI headcount or the proposed Biden administration budget and how much money is being allotted to, you know, that. Department of
0: Homeland Security. Well, I didn't, I didn't like bus- there's Service. so many businesses, so there is inherently why are we paying attention to this business? Presumably because it's interesting.
1: Well, I remember when I was at Fortune, like Carol Limus, is just a legend and amazing. She was she she had a she was like there really just only a couple kinds of story forms in business reporting, and she was like maybe in all of storytelling, but she was like for our purposes, there's the a stranger comes to town story <laughs> <laughs> and she was like and then there's the oh the glory story and the oh the pity story and she's like that's kind of it
0: <laughs> that's super, and i think she's yeah, fucking right right i know <laughs>
1: and you always knew carol was the smartest person in the room because she was the only person in the room who was playing bridge with you know warren buffett, warren buffett so yeah. basically if she said something i just I, I took it as gospel cool okay well we did it without you tom
0: yeah you um, ran away
1: from us. You won't tell us where you are. It's fine. <laughs> we don't. We're not insulted. <laughs> we don't need you.
0: All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Good.
1: Um. Okay, Eric. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your summer. All
0: right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That was Dead Cat. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, Silicon Valley. Valley.